certainly not someone um, that was born with, uh, I think, much of an advantage in life. And so it goes back to it's it's not ever the how you start in life. It's what you do at the start. That was Andre Davis, and this is Guild Stories. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I'm Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content, husband of Brooke, and father of five young people. And I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, who happens to be my wife as well. Hey, guys, I'm Brooke, owner of Reclaim the Home, Justin's wife and mother of five. We're so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers, who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Well, here we are. We're back for season three, which is, by the way, like totally um, a random kind of way for us to just take a break in the middle of some some episodes. So uh, we're here for, with season three, and I'm, I mean, I'm excited about every guest, but this one is super fun. This gentleman... Um, yeah, he and I go back, not way, way back, but we have a cool connection in a former past work life, and then we're getting to do some things together again. Um, I, I can't wait to let y'all hear his story. He's he's just such a good dude with a big heart, um, total generous connector type, and uh, I think it's going to be really evident in the way that, that he communicates his story here f- for y'all today. So uh, we've got Andre Davis. He is, um, from a work perspective, he's a business development exec um, at Built Interior, which is cool. We're going to hear all about that. And I love how his team frames him up on their bio page on the website. Um, it says, Andre has an impeccable sense of style, which is true. His sock game is tight, which is also true. Um, you, you know when he walks in a room, which is absolutely true. He's got larger-than-life, big, big, generous personality. Um, and he has the cutest kiddo, which I don't know about that part because I haven't met his kiddo. But I, I imagine if he looks anything like Dad, he, he is the cutest kiddo. So, Andre. Oh, he, 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 look, he looks like Mama. He's cute. He's cute. He's like <laughs> That's the right answer, man. I know how that goes in my world. Um, so, Andre, welcome to the show, man. Tell everybody um, kind of a little bit about you, and then we're going we're gonna to just dive into the deep end with your story man love it love it hey honored honored justin to be a part of the show and and, and to chat a little bit and, and kind of share a little bit of my background with with the hopes that some will be able to relate i think everyone would be able to relate and that's what's cool about the story right is it's not someone that was um uh i'm certainly not someone um that was born with uh i think much of an advantage in life and so you know, it, it, it goes back to it's it's not ever the, how you start in life. It's what you do at the start, right? And so that's kind of what my journey has been. But no, um, honored to be on the show, honored to chat. And, you know, my story goes way back to um, um, single parent, man. Um, mother raised three boys. I'm the youngest of three. Uh, I think this is helpful in the storytelling because, a lot of the people that I, I end up talking to are people that, um, you know, they don't have any privilege. They're, uh, they're facing some of the challenges that I faced when I was younger, which is, hey, you know, you're, 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 you're the third one and you're the youngest and your mother's working full time in a manufacturing plant at the time and trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And that's a, that's a, that's a consistent story if you go into any kind of uh, urban areas in this city or other cities, you see that. And, and I got really fortunate in life. And so I know I'm fortunate. And so what I've done with that is just try to, 
you know, how do I impact and inspire, right? So my story is not lineal, it's zigzag, it's like a pinball, right? I've bounced around to a lot of different things and then found out that I was really good at a few things and kind of carved out, I think, a career that has been generous to me. Um, it's nice to not to be able to look for employment. People kind of seek you out. And so that's also um, been um, just unbelievable for me. And, and so I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do my part. Uh, I have some doors that have opened for me and I'm just trying to open those doors a bit wider to other people, for other people to be able to step in and make their, make their claim, their stake on life too. Man, that's awesome. What a, what a well said intro, not surprising, um, but well said. And man, um, I, I'm embarrassed to say my yeah. knowledge of you goes back to, which I hope we talk about, of Grandview High School, because we've got a mutual yeah. friend, um, <laughs> Sean Long, over, Grandview High School. Yeah, over at the University of Kansas Health System, who is a mutual connection. And, and I think how you and I probably initially met um, yeah. but your, your bio on the website says originally from New York. So what's up with that? Tell us about New York. I love that. No, no East coast, man. And so my mother, uh, and my mother's entire side of the family, and we'll talk about Grandy too, because it's significant, obviously. And some of the relationships that I still maintain like Sean and others in this community that are doing really, really impactful things too. But my mother was, uh, uh, born in upstate New York, Saratoga Springs, New York, went to Saratoga uh, High School. And so, you know, that's where it all started. And that's where my mother's side of the family um, is. And so when my, my father and my mother decided that they were going to get married, um, my father was here, born and raised here, and um, she relocated here. And that's how we got to Kansas City was through that. Um, and so... You know, they split when I was really, really young. I was probably going, I think I was going into fourth grade. Mm. Um, and, and you know, they split. And so she became a, a single parent with young babies, right? And so um, father wasn't really around and, and you know, and, and that's okay because sometimes one parent uh, um, has the strength and energy to, to, to be able to take care of three kids and behave like two parents. And that's what she did. And so... Mm. My mother's to credit. Um, and so, you know, when we, were, when we were, you know, being raised and all that, we decided to move to Grandview. And back then, what people know of Grandview today is not what Grandview was when I, when I first was coming there. And Sean and I, Sean Long and I battle about this all the time in terms of how diverse it was, how, what the numbers looked like. Um, and it wasn't diverse. I mean, it really wasn't. I think I was in grand when we moved there. I think I was the second, we were the second black family, um, mm. on the, on the block in Grandview and Grandview itself, even through the middle schools and junior highs weren't the, weren't very diverse. I was the only little black kid, um, in fourth grade. And I have a funny story about this. This was this, and this triggered that emotion. So my fourth grade teacher was named Miss Pickle. True story. That's her no name. Way. I and I was, and I was, when we moved there, you know, we, we were the only at, at Metal Mirror Elementary School in Grandview. And so let's fast forward. I'm, I'm working downtown. I'm at the Costco on Linwood. I'm getting gas and I see this lady and, you know, this white lady and I'm looking at her because I'm like, I know this lady. Mm. She's looking at me like, okay, now what is he going to do? Right. Cause she just doesn't know me. She can't make it out. And, I'm trying to jog my memory to try to figure out, well, how do I know this lady? Short, the short story is I looked at her 
and I go, is your name Miss Pickle? And she says, Andre Davis. No way. She said, how are, it was my fourth grade teacher. Now, I'm, this has been probably 30, 40 years since I've seen this lady. I haven't seen her. And she looked at me and she said, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing well. Life is good. And told her what I was doing. And she said, I always knew you'd be, you'd do something uh, like, you know, or, or be, be successful. You were just a good kid. And here's what I would tell people. When you have a chance to tell people how they've impacted you, why they're living, you should tell them. And so what I told her was, I thanked her because although I, although I was the only little black kid in her class, she never made me feel that way. And I wanted her to know that, that she made me so comfortable as a teacher in her class. I just wanted to thank her because, you know, coming from the inner city into a suburb and looking the way that I looked in a class that no one else looked like me, you know, for, for a young kid going to fourth grade was, was pretty daunting. And she made me just feel so welcome. So I thanked her. So that was my grand view. First interest was Madam Laird in high school, obviously. And, you know, kind of football was our thing that we did. And, and, and Sean and I have been connected. Um, and Sean's another Grandview guy. Brian Lyme's another guy. Robin Roberson's another Grandview guy. So there's a, a lot of us in this community that still um, interact with each other. And what's cool about it is we never, it was an organic thing that happened. We never thought we would stay connected. Like we, like Sean and I specifically never thought we would stay connected. And Brian too, Lyme's, who's a federal judge downtown, um, Never thought we would maintain this connection, but for whatever reason, we've maintained this connection and we always try to help each other. And so it's just been, you know, an amazing thing to have people that you grew up with and you know them really well and to see how they're thriving and their families and all that. It's a blessing, man. And so, you know, I feel grateful um, for those experiences. And so we, what we try to do is support each other's um, missions that were championed, and whether it's nonprofit work or whatever has to happen, we 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 reach out to each other and say, hey, I, "I need either your support, your voice. I need your money, whatever the case is." And what's interesting, everybody always steps up for each other, so it's pretty cool. Man, that's awesome. It, it it's uh, it's just a fascinating um, thought for me. And, and let me chase a squirrel for a minute, if you don't mind. Like. If, if sure. people pop on the builtinterior.com slash team and, and look for Andre's pretty smiley face here with the salt and pepper beard <laughs> and, and knowing his sock game, like, like legit, dude, I'm not just BSing you. Like you're a, you're a, you're a very captivating guy, right? Like you, you have all the makings of, um, you know, what, what people would probably, um, at a, at a glance be like, whoa, that dude's like got it he's successful he's got charisma charm all that uh, which is awesome and the, the the interesting part and I'm wondering if there are like connections here but for those that know you it, it's it's not that's not the the vibe they pick up the vibe they pick up is one of I mean again I, I can't speak for everybody but it's a sure. generosity connection yeah. service nonprofit the ways that you're um, trying yeah. to add value, not take value. And, and I just, right. I just wonder, man, um, does any of that stem from, you know, and I can't put myself fully in your shoes as a, sure. as a fourth grade, um, sure. second black kid on the block kind of, kind of, yep. kind of deal. Right. Like I, I can't relate to that. I can relate to the parents divorce thing. I can relate to the, um, 
mom and dad splitting thing. I, I, I can go there yeah. with you. And I remember my own childhood and how un, unsettling and un, um, uprooted that makes you feel, right? right. And, and, and so you go right. to you go to Miss Pickle, you know, as a fourth grader. Yeah. Like, dude, you could yeah. have gone a million different paths, and you probably did, and there was yeah. bump, bumpy paths along the road. But, like, yeah. I'm just wondering if there are, in those moments, uh, there's so much um, – on the line that we don't even realize it, right? Like to have someone into your life, like a Mrs. Pickle, that that probably, again, there's bumps along the way, but probably sets you on yeah. a path that that um, potentially you might not have gone on otherwise. Totally. No, totally. And I, and I think if you ever see somebody on stage, whatever their titles are, whatever they are doing in life, whatever, if they say that they got here on their own, they are absolutely lying to you. There is absolutely no way any of, any of us have any success alone. You can't. And so you're right. I had a lot of people uh, pour into me. I had a lot of people take away from me, too. And these were adults at the time that I think people are shocked um, about what what I'm doing now in my career and, and, and you know, some of the things I've been able to, to accomplish, right? Because, and then it's not a, it's not a slight against them. It's just that when I was a kid that they, they saw me in school and, and quite frankly, school wasn't my thing, right? And it wasn't that I wasn't um, smart. Um, it was just that for people like me, and I mean, people like me, not just people that if you can't penetrate and get me engaged, I disengage. Mm. So a teacher has to work a little bit harder. And I, I knew this when I took French in, in um, I'm sorry, not French, German in high school because the teacher was awesome and she was loving. And I got straight A's in that class. And I was like, she was able to engage with me, right? So that's what people have to do. So when you when you think about people's successes and there's so many people that have poured into me from the, the German, my German teacher, my coaches, obviously, uh, coming from a single parent home. I never think about this, right? And I share some of this story. I never, I can't, and maybe I didn't, I just can't recall, but I've never seen my, my, my biological parents hug or kiss wow. ever. So what does that do to a young mm. black man in this country that's trying to figure out what does a family even look like? Because the only thing I've really seen is my mother work hard, go to work, and then my older brother had to, had to raise me, right? And so there are a lot of things, there are a lot of directions that I could have went. But look, I'm, I'm not the most religious person, but I do believe in faith, and I do believe in that there's a path that we all have been um, given in life. And the things that we go through to me are always preparing you for the thing that you will do for your life. Right. And so the thing that you think it's a bad job, you had a bad relationship, the boss was horrible. Uh, you weren't making any money. Stay the course because that's just preparing you for the thing that you ultimately do. And so through my course, I had great coaches like coach Brown, um, uh, coach lucky was my grand view, uh, 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 junior high uh, football coach. Uh, I just had a lot of people, but then I saw, I was able to be around Sean and his family and see what a family looks like. Uh, Greg Browdy's another part, a friend of ours that went through uh, Grandview. I saw his parents and so the way his parents operate is what I envision having as a family. Quite mm -hmm. frankly, Brian Wines is another one that I saw um, that had, you know, two people intact and I didn't, I was kind of the one that didn't. Right. And so, and that was okay. And then 
you know, there's been several other examples, but um, when you look at that website, one of the fears of having people uh, in, in, in professional organizations, you know, we come with the nice suits and clothing and all that and the cars and all the stuff that we have and what it does, it, it, it takes people off the hook because what they see is they go, well, you, you know, obviously you're doing well. You've never kind of gone through what I've gone through. But until you know that story, you can't say that because every suit has a story. And, and until you start to get to know people. So for me, I got really lucky. I got into a career, especially on the nonprofit side, where because sometimes you don't know you have a voice. And I think we're all struggling. And sometimes it's an organic. You don't just grow up and go, hey, I have this. Voice. And some do. And that's an amazing thing. God stamps you and said, I want you at a young age to go do whatever that is. For me, I was exploring all kinds of things, trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do in life, where a lot of my friends were already married. They knew what they wanted to do in their career. I did not. And so um, I had bounced around a lot of different things. But when I started getting into my career, uh, some of the things that I do today, I, I started to figure out that I had a little bit of a voice. And it started with really volunteering. Uh, I had never really volunteered to do anything that helped other people. That wasn't because we were really the ones that needed help. Mm. So then how do you go? You know, I didn't understand how to do that. And so as I got into a career, I got exposed to some nonprofit work. And I was like, well, man, this is this is pretty awesome. There are some people that really need help and we're able to take a day and do stuff. So I started doing stuff like that. And that's that really quickly got me involved. And then I remember going to an event, Justin, years ago. Uh, with a colleague that took me to a nonprofit breakfast. It was an organization. And I, you know, I'd never been to anything like that and was asked, do you want to attend? I was like, yeah, why not? Why would I not attend? Just let's go see. And, and, and so I, so I go and frankly, I see they're giving awards out to people that have spent their summer donating their entire summer to a nonprofit cause. Not one of the kids were of color. And I'm just, and I'm thinking to myself, right. Who does that? Mm. Because your summer's your thing, right? And you're young, you want to go. But that told me that that was something that was uh, instilled in those kids with their parents and whoever was around them that you you should be you you should be thankful. Uh, you've been giving access and privilege, so you need to be thinking about how do you serve. And it and that seed planted. And so I remember uh, reaching out to Big Brothers Big Sisters and saying. You know, what would it take to be a big? I want to explore it. They didn't have to reach out to me. I reached out to them. And so once I started that process, it became a big and then um, never had any interest on studying on boards. And then quickly um, was asked to sit on some boards and task force and subcommittees. And then it just ran the gamut from there. And so I quickly started to understand um, the impact of, of of being able to interact with kids that were growing up the way I grew up that looked like me, but never saw anyone dressed like me or doing what I was doing. And so I was like, okay, how do we make an impact in that, in that scenario? And that's what I, I balance career with, you know, nonprofit impact stuff is people that tell you that, you know, it shouldn't matter that you're of color, who you, who you are, what your ethnicity is when you're going in. Uh, and representation doesn't matter. Um, they're coming from a perspective that they're always represented. So when you walk into a room, you're always represented. When I walk into a room, I'm not. And for those kids, they don't often see people um, 
uh, the, w- the way that you described me walking into any of their classrooms or whatever it is, being humbled, uh, talking to them like, hey, man, I'm just like you. I'm no mm-hmm. different. I'm no different than you. And sharing that story, and that's what I try to impart is the story, right? And so many of us, Sean, Brian, all of us, we, you know, we'll go back in the classrooms or whatever it takes. Sometimes I pull these guys and some of the stuff that I'm doing and say, hey, we, we, I, I'd love you to, you know, to kind of partner with me on this and go have a chat with these kids and talk about, you know, career choices and changes and how life is going to toss you around. But, you know, um, you have to keep on keeping on. So that's kind of kind of what I've done, man. That's awesome. I, I, uh, I resonate, you know, you, you talk about, um, folks saying, oh yeah, it doesn't matter what's, you know, represented. It's all equal. Like, let's just, yep. and, and it's like, yeah, those are white dudes like me that say that. <laughs> like, right. And, right. and, and, and I'm laughing right. cause it's so offensive. It's so, it's so, um, non-empathetic, whatever the opposite of empathetic is like, well, it's the, not intentional. Justin, it's not intentional. Of course. You feel that way. Your, your lens is super different than my lens. Right. And so I can't expect you to really understand what maybe my flight has gone through if you haven't lived that flight. But we should all have empathy in, in, in with people, our fellow man or woman or whatever, and just know that everyone has a struggle, right? And be and be really curious about the struggle. It's funny when I meet with people that are suited up and that done well, I typically don't ask them about their career. Mm. I always I'm just intrigued. Like, how did you get started? Like, what was your start like? Because I'm really intrigued by that. And I've been toying with this idea, man. And Mike Grigsby, who used to be, and Mike's a friend, African-American, sharp as all get out. Uh, Mark, Mike was the CTO for the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority before huh. Cisco took him over uh, to the Smart Cities Initiative. And Mark, Mike and I just connected. And, and we were talking about stories. And I said, I have this idea, and I haven't done it yet. And I, and I will at some point once things calm down. But it's on, it's, it's on my list to do. You know, I, I want to write this book because oftentimes I, I talk about um, the journey to the suit, right? Because all we want to talk about is like, what will you do now? You're, like, You're suited up and what do you do now? And it's like, no, I'd rather talk about the start. Yeah. How yeah. bumpy that was. How did, I, how did I get to the suit? And so everyone has a journey to their suit or their profession. And so that's one of the, the book titles that I'm, I'm kind of throwing around because, you know, I got really lucky in life in terms of what I do today and, 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 and like, you know, one of your other podcast podcast guests, Dr. Cartwright, I never envisioned that a suit would be my uniform, honestly. And, and I think if you ask surveyed 10 out of 10 teachers out of Grandview, do you think Andre would be wearing, you know, and, and, and speaking to CEOs and all that, do you think that's what he'd be doing? And I'm, I'm guessing probably 10 out of 10 would say, no, that's not exactly what I think Andre will do. That's not, that's not really what he is, right? He's a class clown, likes to joke loud as I'll get out. And that really hasn't changed by the way, but that's still, <laughs> you know, who I am, man. And so, uh, it's just, it's just, un- so there, but I like that just because it, 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 it brings everyone down to a level that's digestible to me because a kid coming from the, I don't want to say gutter, but a kid coming from unbelievable circumstances can't relate to someone running a company. They can't mm. fathom that. That's that's not where they're coming from. So how do you get them to believe that's true? Well, if, if you're just a good person and you just talk to them like they're normal people, they start to go, man, that's a that's a really human interaction. And it's this guy's not an egomaniac and it's not about stuff. It's really about substance. And that's what I truly really, really try to get across is 
you can do, and it's an old saying, I hate to use it, but you can do anything you want to do, but it takes hard work. Mm. And the world is so different now, too. How we interact with each other wasn't how we interacted when I first started my career. There was no digital component. There was no social platform. It was face-to-face. It was, you need to talk to this person. It, it was still a who you know. I didn't know what that meant. And, and, and influence mattered and all that, and it still matters today. And so, um, you know, so I try to share all of those things with people uh, to help them, you know, um, move along in their career or pivot. I've helped a lot of people pivot from jobs that they were wanting to leave and listen to them and said, hey, I think you need to talk to this person. And, um, you know, luckily it mattered and, and they went on. So. That's awesome, dude. I, I, I think you've, um, you, uh, you need to write that book, number one. And you've already, you, you said this, the title was The Journey to the Suit, I think. Um, yeah. About 10 minutes ago, and I've, I scribbled this on my little pad here, because I think it's going to be the podcast title, is you said just kind of flippant and out of your mouth. It just came out totally authentic. You said every suit has a story. Like, dude, that's the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. It, it, wow. That, that's the title of your book. Okay. And, and, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, man, like that. I think the, um, the mirage, I guess, I don't know the better, I don't know a better word for it, but the, yeah. the, the illusion of success, like, I, I, dude, I know more, and so do you, I know more lonely, anxious, terrified people that, that put fancy clothes on every day. Um, because they, they think that, that whatever version of success they're chasing is going to like make them happy or fulfilled or successful or whatever else. Um, and I love how you're talking about like, man, the, the, whatever the thing is, if you're a doctor, if you're successful, whatever, um, for you to kind of be vulnerable and show the bumps and, and, and to put yourself back in that, you know, next fourth grade version of Andre Davis's life to say, Hey, don't, don't come chase me. Don't come be successful, whatever that looks like. Come, um, come share your story and learn how hard it was. Learn how, what it took to get here. (laughs) Like, I think, um, dude, you're, you're, uh, you're right. You're onto something big time, man, for sure. Well, and and that's the deal. We also do that, right? So I, I host, so for, I've been on the board for Big Brothers Big Sisters for six years, just turned out. So I can't serve any more time. I'd serve another six years if I could, because they do impactful work. They really do there. They are absolutely changing generations by their involvement in our urban youth and our kids at risk, right? So um, um, I used to host every April. I used to uh, be the moderator of a panel discussion that I pulled together of of super successful men of color. They do a women's version, too, and and it's not led by me. I was responsible for pulling. They wanted to do this men's panel, so I did this every year. And, you know, we we, we had some very well-known names in the in the community uh, on this panel. Here's what I found interesting. Most of them, if not 99% of everyone on that panel had a bumpy start to their career mm. and are uber successful. But the reason that we held the, held the attention of people, uh, of kids that were between, I would say um, probably eight to 18 was because it was so much fun because the way that I honed in on my questions and I prepared them with questions, but the way I honed in on question was I only asked about how did you stay focused when you were growing up, 
How did you stay focused on what you wanted to do when everything around you was telling you not to be focused? Mm. And we had that sharing moment, right? And everyone's like, hey, I just want to do this. And I had a coach and then I had my father and, and then I had a minister. And then I, all this started flowing around and then they got into their careers. And it, it, the only way you would know these guys are successful is by the car they drove and the suits they wear. If you, if you sat and had them on just doing a voice phone call, they're so humble. They're so low key. Um, they're so grounded. You'd never know. And that's think that's what resonated with the kids in that, in that audience was because they had never seen four men of color suited up laughing, uh, talking stuff, you know, talking about how they grew up and how rough it was. They just never, they just assumed that if you saw these guys, well, you know, you guys have just had a fast track to success. It's been easy. You've got to trust it. Yeah, it's been easy. And, and, and so we told them it, it's, you know, we've all had uh, challenging starts. We've just made different choices and you're going to have to make choices that are different um, and contrary to who you're around a lot for it to be able to work for you. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's divine intervention. Uh, you get, you get directed away, which I think it's life's way of saying you need to reposition and you need to pause and reroute. I think that's sometimes what happens, whether it's a career change or something happens to us at school. It's just life slowing you down, saying you need to pivot. And if we can look at moments like that as a pivoting moment, that's where you start seeing some of the the, the things that come and open up to you, because sometimes you can't see those things because you're you're blinded by the frustration. And it certainly has happened to me. Um, um, Unbelievable stories of you know, just how I've been able to pivot. And sometimes I get people pull me into conversation because they, they know that it may be, I've pivoted into a career and, and, and had, and I've still blossomed and they want to know how it happened and what happened. And, and what I share with people is people are watching you, not like a stalking, like watching you. They're watching how you interact with them. Mm. They're watching what you do. They're watching what you say. Uh, they're watching the kind of time questions you ask. So, in that moment, you don't know if when you're meeting with someone, if you're in a career, or if you're meeting with someone, if they're like, hey, what, what would this guy look like if he maybe worked with us? Could he be a, a part of our team? I remember this was like a couple of years ago, probably back in 2017, maybe. And I had left my former my former job and Pat McCown from McCown Gordon had texted me. I saw him this morning. I had saw him the Friday, Friday morning having coffee and Pat never texted me. I've always been a big fan of Pat, the way he ran his business and the culture and took care of people and how he treated clients. But um, I saw him at breakfast that morning at five o'clock, Justin, he like texts me and says, can we chat? You know, it's just a joy seeing you. And so we pick up the, you know, I call him of course. And he says, it was just great seeing you this morning. And, you know, I went back to my team and, told them that I saw you and, and everyone was just, everyone just super fond of you. And he says, what I wanted to know is would you ever consider working with McCown Gordon? Hmm. And I was just super flattered, man, because that was never any, any part of our conversation at all. And so it told me a lot that I'm just at coffee with someone else, Pat's in another meeting, but for whatever reason, he thought that I could, be someone that could could come in and, and be impactful in this organization, right? And so you never know who is who is. So you 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 just be your authentic you and know that your authentic you is enough for people. You don't have to put on airs. 
And you talked about it, Justin. There's a lot of people I know that, man, they have agendas. Uh, they are miserable. They're horrible people. Uh, but when they're out in front of people, you wouldn't know the difference. And and so you got to be careful about people like that. Um, and I do think the moment that we're in today with the COVID-19 crisis and what's happening, it's going to reveal who you are as a person, as a business, as a colleague, as a friend, as a father. Everything's going to reveal how you handle it. It's going to reveal, right, how you take care of people. Um, what are you willing to do? Are you are you willing to only go after the business and not take time to ask people how they're doing? It's going to reveal who you are and expose mm-hmm. you so that when you come on the other side of this, people are going to know who you are, and you're going to see some people disengage from you. So you got to be careful in this moment because this is a telling moment about our character. Boom. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's – it's um. Uh... I wanted to shift there anyway because I think we're all yeah. we're we're collectively living um, in in this you know again this uprooted, upended, flipped upside down what the hell's going on kind of way, and and yeah. now you know yeah. when by the time this hits we're we're eight nine weeks into it and so it's in some ways kind of the new normal and 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 there are, there are lots of um, painful realities for for many many folks. Um, but the, the vast majority have, have adapted and we're evolving and changing. And, and um, I, I think you nailed it. Like there's this um, exposure that this settling took that, that it, that it revealed. I think you're exactly right. And, yeah. and all of a sudden we had these trappings of busyness, kids schedules. Um, I, I, at least for me, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Um, I know. Oh, you got five. Yeah, you got yeah, five yeah. Kids, man. Yeah, so. and so so five kids each do one thing minimum, and you yep. you got no time to eat dinner together, right? Like that that was quite right. quite literally our life. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden, that that involuntarily comes to a screeching halt. And and it's been the I mean, it's been the greatest gift that we've experienced in our seventeen years of marriage, because we've yep. we've been forced um, to have some some boundaries around our time. And, and it's right. um, and it's grown some really neat things, right? But the the other side of that is it's exposed kind of those ugly things that maybe we were running from or didn't want to deal with. Again, speaking for me, I can't yeah. speak for everybody, um, right? But yeah. when when the pace you know decelerates or or or, or frankly like hits a brick wall, <laughs> um, right? It, it exposes these these things that that I think you're exactly right is that we're all wrestling through the stuff it exposed and your you nailed it the 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 real and we all have some of this in us right but the the major yeah. the the folks that are now relentlessly trying to sell or relentlessly trying to right. pitch or whatever you, right. you just you just it just makes your skin crawl because you're like bro like you have right. no idea what everybody's going through you're so tone deaf um totally uh it, totally it, and, 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 and there are people, Justin. I'm sorry, not to cut you off, but there are there are people out there, and they, and maybe they don't they don't understand. They're not aware, maybe, of kind of what they're doing. But this is not the moment to be opportunistic. It just isn't. And 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 what because what it reveals to people is that oh, that's the only thing that you care about. Mm-hmm. So you can't be opportunistic. So I've been really really uh, careful with Bill and making sure that when we communicate out to people, if we're not asking people. How are you doing? God, what are you what are you facing right now? How are you managing through the crisis? First, 
you're not asking that first, and you're only trying to pick up the conversation from where it started pre-COVID, you're going to miss it because what you're going to communicate out to people is the only thing you really care about is continuing to do business. And the longevity of business is, is totally equal to the relationship that you have and the folks on the other end knowing that there is a relationship, right? And so for me, that has not been any of the messaging that I've sent out. Most of my, all of my messaging rather has been, how are you guys weathering the storm? We've been working remotely. How are you guys adapting? What do you need from me? And this one CEO of the healthcare uh, organization sent me an email. She said, that was the nicest message. Thank you so much for asking. No one's really asked me that. Mm. And that's the moment. Because when we come out of that, your profile gets raised a little bit. And that's not why I do it. It's authentic, right? And it's just genuine. It's just because I care about people, right? And I want to know that at the end of the day, if I'm only in the business where it's transactional, I, I get burnt out. I can't do that. I can. That's that's not what I'm wired no, to do. Yeah, right? No thanks. No um, thanks. <laughs> can't, I can't do it. Won't do it. Right. And so for me, I'm about the person that I'm meet, meeting with. And oftentimes, what's funny is when I'm out. And this is I talk to a lot of people, Justin. It's funny. And some of these people that I think hide around business development are really true, just true sales transactional people. They're not trying to develop relationships. You know, my title I've used is corporate engagement executive because it's, it speaks to a different level of business development to me. It's, it's more about I'm engaging with people that run companies and people call me back because I am operating a little bit different than most, um, not all, but most. And, and, and that's, by, that's intentional by me because when I meet with people, I never share, like I never talk about Bill unless they ask me. And it's only when they ask me, do I go, oh, well, this is what we are. And I start to describe what we are, right? But if they aren't asking, all I care about is who's in front of me. Mm. Tell me about how you got started. How did you become a CFO? Where were you before? What made you make the change? What are you most focused on right now? How are you navigating things? If you had the top three list of things you really wanted to accomplish this year, what would that look like for you? And we're just sharing and getting to know people, and they're firing back, and I'm answering, and and then most people who are in tune with you will say, well, I've been on your website and I've seen some of your LinkedIn posts, whatever that case might be, or social media yeah. posts, whatever. Um, you guys do some really cool things. So tell me about Bill. And I think for mm -hmm. me, when they ask, then I'll tell a little bit about Bill and share kind of what we do and kind of what my role is. But if they don't ask, I'm not going to do that because for me, I'm trying to build and add value day one before I had any, especially with the prospective client that we're trying to see if we can work with. You want to work with someone? Add value first. Give them something first. Help them, help them first. Uh, I remember being in banking for a little bit, and a guy uh, had reached out to me, um, and I'd never asked for his business. Just wanted to get to know him, and he started sharing some of the things that he did. And I connected him to a healthcare uh, organization that I thought he could help. And a week later, he says, Hey, I was thinking about maybe uh, moving some of some of the, my banking business over to your bank, and I said, "Hey, that's awesome. Um, tell me why you do that now. Like, what what happened?" And he said, "Well, you know, uh, I've got five or six banking relationships, and not one of those relationships have ever sent me business. You sent me business, and I'm not a client." Mm -hmm. And I said, "Well, yeah, because I thought you could help the, the person that I was sending. So why would I not connect?" And I said, "I would only want you to move." your banking business if we could make an impact but don't do it because of that and you have to be willing to do that that's the character piece that's the integrity piece right people want that 
And that's how you sustain those really high-level relationships so that if you ever make a call, you need something, you always get in because you've already dumped so much value. Why wouldn't someone take a call, email, or something, meeting? They will, but you have to be willing to give value. And I find, and I just find that most people aren't willing to give value first. They want something, and then down the road, they'll see where they can help you. So, so that, that, that nine minutes uh, or whatever it was, four minutes, I don't even know, felt like, felt like nine minutes of gold. It <laughs> should, should be required um, for every new entrant into the, what, you know, sales profession, right? And I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Nobody can see me. Yep. Um, because, yep. because and, and clearly I have an affinity to the, the same language because it's the lifeblood of right. our business too. Um, yep. is development and relationship and cultivation and connection, right? And and the yep. the short-term path may, uh, arguably, may be a little quicker if you're like the, the shovey, pushy, transactional guy or right. girl, right? Maybe. Um, right. Arguable, arguable, but maybe. The long-term trust, the McCown-Gordon CEO never calls transactional sales guy or girl back, ever. Right out of the blue, or right. text. Hey, how how how's right. it look? Right. So the the totally. the long term, deep foundation, secure, stable, um, network of connections only. I think only comes with that. It's no different than a marriage or a parenting relationship or anything else. If all you're in it for is you, there's no chance that 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 thing's going to blossom into something that's mutually beneficial. And and I love the way you have painted this picture of show up, add value, ask questions, listen, consult, show up, ask questions, value. <laughs> like there's, there, there's, a, there's a, just a beautiful harmony of, um, of development that takes place there. And I, I just, I'm, I'm thankful that you would, would share that, man. Well, and I would tell you, look, it, it, it's, you know, Simon Sinek, which I'm a big fan of Simon's because of how simple his philosophies are in terms of dealing with people. And if you haven't, paid attention to Simon. He, he has some really simple things that he that he teaches, but I really like the, the simplistic view that he has for people in terms of culture and building relationships, et cetera. And it, for me, the, he talks a lot about the infinite game and leaders eat last and blah, blah, this, which speaks to culture and taking care of people and all that. And we, we, we have to, right? We, I mean, you want to see engagement within a company go way up, Put them first, worry about you last, and you'll see that happen within culture. You want to see your relationship spike? Give them something first. Give them something before you get the business, a connection, a piece of business, a lead, something, without getting the business and see the engagement spike up. And and he talks a lot about the infinite game. So for me, and I know it's a way that I'm wired, you know, I've I've been put in this place of influence and, and, and access to people. And so when I'm listening to people talk about their business, it's funny. Things pop up and I go, Oh, have you talked to, you mm. should meet this. Cause you guys, you really, did it, really you did it to me well. last week. You did it to me last week. I did. I did. I did do that to you last week, you know? And, and those things are things that happen in the course of, you know, and Grant Gooding's doing amazing work with proof. And I think you guys will hit it off. And I think you already have, he's super smart. Uh, Way too smart, smart for me. Right. And I was like, I, yeah, I shouldn't be me, talking to this guy. you know, <laughs> Sometimes I, I feel like steam's coming from my head after I start talking to Grant, but Grant's super smart, right? And so me, a simple question to him was, do you compete with marketing firms? 
and because I thought, man, what he's what he's teaching certainly would make sense for marketing firms to be able to know, content marketing firms to be able to understand. And so, but bringing you together to him was easy. And I hope you go, guys go out and kill it, right? So it's being, it's being willing to do that. Now, if I ever needed anything from Grant, and I said, hey, Grant, I need this, that door's open all day long. That's not why you do it, though. And that's not why you do it. Don't do it because you want to. I never keep score. Uh, I just don't. I, I just, my thought is, if I can, if I have um, an ability to duplicate my, my voice in the marketplace, with no more effort than what I'm doing individually, why would I not try to build that authentically? And that's kind of what you have is most, when I came to build a couple of years ago to try to help them in the business, when I came, I knew nothing about construction, right? So what I relied on was my network. And if I could tell a story, a visionary story about the business, not a product side of the business or an offering, but the visionary side of the business, I would have other CEOs introducing me to other CEOs yes, sir. that would allow me to go in. Cause sometimes, you know, uh, most con- you know, construction projects are built on RFI, RFQ, RFP, right. And so, and we don't do really any of those things. We don't really um, follow bids. Uh, we like the relationship side of it first to get to know who we're working with. And so how do I get other people to introduce me to other people where our business could impact their business? And that's what's happened. And I get an email often uh, from people that said, hey, there's a this company is really looking at renovating some stuff. Would you guys I think you guys should talk. And I didn't know anything about that. And so here's someone else talking about Andre out there. And that's really about taking care of your personal brand, which could be another three hour conversation. Right. Is what's your personal brand out in the marketplace? What do people think you are? I'm never introduced as anyone in sales ever. And when I am. The first thing I say is, what made you think I'm in sales? Like, what did I say that made you think I was after a sales? That's awesome. And I'm just never, I'm never, because if I do, I want to stop that because that's not what I do. Um, I think when you're adding value to people, you, you go into a conversation or relationship. And what's cool about that, Justin, is when you're doing the right way, the infinite game, you're engaged in the right way, you're adding value on the front end, you find yourself in a transaction, but it doesn't feel like a transaction. But like, yeah, how, how do we get to the point where you're writing a check? Where'd that come from? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's, and it's, a, and it's such a beautiful journey because you're making, you're checking along the way. How's everything look? Is this what you thought? What did you think? What do you want to do next? Would it make sense to do this? No, it doesn't make sense to do that. What would you see us doing next? And you're allowing them to engage you in a way because they're not being engaged that way. Oh my and so though, that kind of, that kind of dialogue, man, has been has been awesome for me. And so, all I try to do is help. You know, we're 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 a new company, obviously. You know, four and five, four and a half year old, well, five year old company now. But um, I'm just trying to make sure that our engagement in the marketplace, which is why we hired you, because we want to make sure that we're putting out the content that um, a messaging that we feel like resonates that is a little bit against the grain of what you might see out there and then a, a, a behavior that's a little bit different than what most people would, would engage with. And I think that's kind of what I try to bring to any organization is there's certainly going to be a difference in terms of engagement, right? My engagement is a little bit different. Whereas I have, you know, so many other people that have helped me, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about this. What about this? I thought about this. You should meet this. Tell me about it. And, and I trust those people. And most of these people are CEOs that they're connecting me to, right? So it's that. And, it, and it's so much fun. And then be able to use your input. Like with Grant, 
connecting you to Grant was an easy thing. Um, that was something that was an email, right? And so doing that without asking for anything is what people like me and you, we get charged by that, right? Um, that's our juju. Our juju is, man, connecting other people and watching that blossom and going, man, that's that's what this is. It's really about bringing people together so that they can they can do business ultimately. Yeah, dude, we, we could have this dialogue for three hours because it's like you 100%. you have um, tapped into this current of, I think, traditional whatever business, transactional, salesy type stuff is a really fixed and, and, and maybe even scarcity mindset where you're like, dude, I got to go get mine. I'm competing against all this, these other sales right. folks. Boss has my name on a board. I gotta like produce these right. cold calls and this lead, and it's like, oh my gosh, throw up! Like right. the the right. the flip of right. it is like, no man. And you 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 you've already used words like infinite and abundant and growth, like right. this growth mindset piece of, hey, yeah, yeah, Andre, you're technically correct. It was easy for you to send that email. It probably took you seven minutes max. Um, but it, but it's a, it's a skill. It's not like a, most people don't default to connection and growth and abundance. Um, and so, man, I just, I want to honor you. Like that's a big thing and it's a, and it's a value. Like it, it is everything you've preached is like real life. You did that for me, um, and made a connection to a guy who's yeah way too smart for me, but, um, we'll help our business. Here's a story. Yeah, here's a story, Justin, and, and this is one of the stories that it wasn't about revenue, it wasn't about winning any business, but it was just two stories really quick. Um, one was, and I won't mention his name, uh, but one was a guy that I didn't know really well, but he reached out to me probably two, three years ago, and he was in, he was in wealth management. He's from Omaha, Nebraska, moved his family here, had two kids, and was in wealth management, and he reached out to me, and he said, you know, could we chat? And I said, of course, why would we not? And so we had lunch. I mean, I want to eat lunch. Why don't I eat it with somebody else? Right. And so we ate lunch and we were just chatting. And, and he says, I'm thinking about making a pivot. And I said, well, okay, what do you want to do? And he said, I think I want to go into web design. I said, well, I said, well, wait a minute, you're going from wealth management into <laughs> web design. I'm like, what, where did that come from? He said, I've always been creative. I don't think wealth manages anything I want to do. And I said, I, okay. So, well, so, so, you know, I'm going to connect you to a company that I think you want to talk to and a guy within the company I did connect him to. And my whole idea from that was this guy is so tied into that, that industry. He's going to know anyone that might be hiring within the hiring within, within that industry. And so I, I connected them together and I stepped out three weeks later, he called, he emailed me the guy that was looking and trying to pivot. He says, my wife says I should take you and your wife out to dinner. And I said, how so? And he said, well, the company you connected with me or connected me to hired me. And I said, you have <laughs> got to be kidding me. And I go, well, how do you go? Well, no, they, they, they hired me. They love what I was talking about. And they brought me on. And so all I was doing, and most leaders do this, they don't make it about themselves. They, they don't take the credit for someone else's work. And I just stepped out of it because I felt like yeah. the gentleman that I knew that I would connect him with would be more impactful. And that was my, I, my idea was for them to connect him, listen to him and then try to guide him in a better way that I could. Because I, I, one thing I know about, you know, transitioning to different careers is I know what I do really well, but I also know what I really, I, I, I know what I don't do really well. And I know my lane. And so when I stepped in some of these industries, it's pretty clear that, you know, especially when I went into banking, I was, I was 
go to meetings and say, I'm not a banker. I'm not. I represent a bank, but I'm not a banker. And what I'm here to do is learn about the business and maybe describe the business, the business of banking from our perspective to you. That's what I'm here to do. And if there's anything that we can help you with, then I will bring you a banker that is super technical that can walk you through all the other programs. That, that's kind of what my role has been. And so the challenge with you know some leaders is they don't they don't they step in lanes they should never be in, mm. and they're they're they 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 feel like they lose credibility when they say they don't do something well. And I would I would argue that you actually gain credibility when because your other colleagues know that you don't do that well. That's right. You think you do. They <laughs> know right. you don't, right? And your wife and certainly so knows. So you lose hundred <laughs> percent, and so you lose so much credibility behaving and pretending that you do things well and. I just didn't, I felt like that just, if I'm going to be authentic, I'm just going to be honest. What was funny, man, I've had a lot of success in banking, uh, just being authentic that way and then really not talking about banking. And to my bankers, they were like, well, God, how did you get that meeting? And how did you, how did you get mm-hmm. this company to want to bank with us? And I said, well, you talk about banking. I don't, I don't want to talk about banking. I want to talk about them. And, and so it was just, you know, it was just a, a, a different thought process which I think most organizations are looking for is someone that's innovative uh, in thought and can behave in a way that it's different than what others are doing and, and, and carry on a conversation and get owners to think about things that no one's making them think about is what I try to do. Yeah, man. Oh, so good. Dude, you, um, you are wealth and a a spring of, of goodness and value, bro. So, um, we're going to do this again. You've, you've got, um, yeah, you've got a, a hard stop here. And I want to be respectful of your time before we wrap. So we, we kind of end it, yeah, yeah. end it with five five questions to just kind of be consistent with all of our guests. I'm just curious, man. Yeah, like, yeah. what's uh, what's the today relationship look like with your brothers and your folks? So, so that's a great question, man. That's a I would wasn't expecting that question, but that's a really good question. <laughs> so coming my, back to our beginning. No, no, here. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. So my, my father, really no relationship there. Uh, and that's okay, right? My mother, hey, man, we're tight. We're always going to be tight. She lives in Lee Summit. She's here. Nice. So we take really good care of her. My, my middle brother, he's a fireman in Kansas City. And then my older brother passed a couple of years ago, right? He was into oh, some, some things that, you know, um, we, you and I would not be into. And so we weren't shocked by the way that he passed, but nonetheless, he passed. And so, oh, but sorry, that's the yeah. lesson you grow up. You, you, no, you, you, look, he grew up in the same household that I grew up in. And, and what I would tell anyone is that we all have a choice and there was no reason for him to choose that path, but he chose that path. And so when you choose that kind of path, then these are the kind of things that can happen. But man, everybody else is in, 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 the, in, in Kansas city right now. So I don't have to travel. My mother spent a lot of time in Indiana, but I don't have to travel. So everyone's here and everyone's intact, man. And, and, and we're blessed. We have an amazing family and uh, I'm blessed to have the kind of family and wife and, you know, and kids that I do. And, and so I'm blessed. I know that I'm blessed and I live a life of gratitude because sometimes I look up and go, how did I get, to, how did I get this? How did I achieve not financial, but how did I achieve this? Cause this is not what I ever envisioned my life turning out to be. Um, so it's been pretty awesome. Every suit has a story, man. Every suit has a story. I love that title, man. I may steal that. <laughs> no, you if said I steal it. it, I'll give you credit. Oh, dude, you if said I it. If I steal it, I'll give you credit. <laughs> you said it. All right, man. Here's the last five, final five questions. Um, yep. What, yep. Just first thing that comes to your mind. What is the last book that you read or listened to? 
Yeah, so there, there's a couple. So one of the books I read, one of the books I really love is The Go-Giver. If you haven't read that book, that's a, that's essentially what I talk about in terms of adding value first. So that's a, an amazing book to read. I've, re- I've reread that book. Uh, one of the other books I read was a book called Thank You for Being Late, which is by Thomas Friedman. And so that was part of a leadership group that I was I was uh, tasked with reading. Um, wasn't going to read it, but read it. But I, I, it, it talks about taking it taking advantage of some of the sometimes we're ready for uh, industries are accelerating but the business is not ready or we individually aren't ready how do we get there sometimes that 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 speed up acceleration will pass you and companies aren't ready for it so the industry is outperforming the 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 company itself but it also takes time the, the whole title about thank you for being late what it speaks to is that sometimes we go to a coffee meeting and i'm guilty of this i'll run late and it talks about when someone runs behind and you have that moment where you're waiting on them, you should never be frustrated because when you have that kind of time back to only do what you're doing by yourself. So when someone runs late, thank them for being late because it gave you some time back. Huh. It's a really interesting way to think about things. It's similar to the way I was like four minutes late to our podcast call today. <laughs> yeah, like when you were four minutes late, I had some moment this morning to do what I needed to do. Oh, so good. actually, I would thank you for being late because oh, it gave me right. a little time. I can, I can lose my shame now. I like that. Um, you have no shame. Man. No, that's none, awesome. None. Um, cool. What What would you do right now if you weren't afraid? Yeah, I heard you ask that on one of your podcasts. You know, it's funny. Um, I think entertainment would have been my thing, right? Huh. Um, I, I did a play many years ago uh, that was an um, um, uh, sort of an ad lib kind of play. They give you a synopsis and you just go. And I'm good at that, right? So I, I, I'm quick off the handle, man. I'm, I can just do those kind of things. So I think if it would probably be entertainment in some kind of comedy fashion thing, there's some folks that are around me say, man, you need a talk show. You need to be a talk show host or something like that, which I think is just comical. So it'd probably be centered around maybe maybe entertainment. And I know people would think, not sports. And I said, no, nah, I've kind of tried the sports thing. That's just not where I would have seen. But probably would have been entertainment would have been my guess. I love it. What's your favorite T-shirt? My favorite T-shirt? I have so many that I have. So um, Big Bo's Sisters puts out amazing T-shirts. They have good um, gear, man. And, They've got good gear, and they have great gear. And I and I and I love everything that's happening with Charlie Hustle and everything going on. And there was this one T-shirt, and I can't even think of the name of it, man. Um, but it it, it it talked about it was a it was kind of a statement about um, take care of people. And I can't remember. I got my wife, my son, uh, and myself one of these shirts, and I can't think of the name. So you book So I have to send. I have to send you what it is. So you know what it is, but it's got a great saying on the front about just, you know, really be mindful and take care of people. So I I want people to always be cognizant of how they're treating other people. And when I lived on the plaza many years ago um, and was a single dad um, raising my daughter, um, I, we would always walk by people that were homeless. And I always taught her, it's okay to say hello. You can be kind. Just don't get money. And it's just about, because none of those people wake up and go, hey, I think I want to be poor for her. Like, that's what I want to yeah. do is be poor. Something happens. And be respectful of something happening and treat them nice. And so it this t shirt speaks a little bit of that. And I can't think of the That's can't, cool. I can't remember what it says now. But anyway. Real quick side note, what the hell did we do before soft Charlie Hustle style type t shirts? Why do we ever live like that, man? 
I mean, who who would ever thought you could put a stain on a T-shirt and sell it for 40 bucks, man, and be, that's okay. I'm okay with that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. it's insane. I mean, T-shirts were like seven, eight bucks, and yeah. now we're okay. That's right. But that tells you what people are willing to throw money at, right, is to be a part of He's value. created such yeah. a brand that 100%. So it's never about the price, right? It's always about the value that you're going to get. So that's another that's another lesson, man. But yeah, $40. T- I, and I, we've got shirts from Charlie Hustle, and I go, man, this is a $40. What, what's going on? You know, my mother would lose it, but, you know, knowing that she raised three boys and I'm buying a $40 t-shirt, you know, and that's so awesome. crazy, man. That's awesome. All right, man. Two, two last ones. What's your favorite place on earth? Yep. Favorite Jamaica. place. Jamaica. Ooh. Jamaica. And I'll, and I'll tell you why Jamaica. My wife and I went there a couple of times. Um, and the people there, to see people that look like me, that treat everyone awesome. And really, when they say no worries going on, they mean that, right? And so we would stay a week at a time. And whenever I'd stay and leave, I felt like I was leaving family. And I just love seeing the Jamaicans carry on about their life and how talented they are and how they serve. And I think if you could follow how they serve people and bring it back to the States, man, service in America would, would exponentially go up. But I, Jamaica's one of my favorite places, and I've been to Costa Rica, and I've been to some other places. But Jamaica, the grill was just an amazing place for me to spend a week at a time there. That's awesome. I love it. Um, all right, man, last one. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? So this is easy for me. So everything everything, everything that I do in terms of nonprofit work, my business life and all that, is when, when they, you know, when God turns my lights off, I want them to know. I, I want people to know and I want him to know that I made an impact on other people's lives, right? So everything that I do is about what's been my impact on other people. That's what I care about my impact on other people. And that's why I take every meeting. When someone asks me for a meeting to sit and talk for coffee, I say, yes, I don't ever turn down a meeting because I'm being called to meet this person for a reason. And so my thing is I'm in a position, how do I make an impact on others? So that's what I I think I want to be remembered by as my impact on other people. Boom. Mic drop. Uh, Where, where can, where can people, where can people follow along both with the uh, personal Andre Davis brand and as well yeah. as what you're up to at work. Yeah. yeah. When you see my personal, you'll see me on LinkedIn and I share my personality LinkedIn posts all the time. So LinkedIn and Twitter are really my main, um, my main pages and you can just look up Andre Davis and you'll find me pretty quick. Um, and so those are my main social media pages and, and um, you know, we're doing really good work with the business. We're doing trans- transformational work with the business and, uh, we're excited about kind of where we're going. I'm excited about that. I'm just trying to help the business scale. And so working with, you know, three great partners, Mark Brandmeyer, um, uh, Russ Brand and Dave Anderson, then Kerry Brocker, uh, who had the idea along with Dave Anderson to start this firm. And so we, we are super excited, man. But yeah, we, we, uh, we're doing good work. So if you haven't heard about us, you don't know about us, reach out, happy to share a story. Uh, talk through anything you want. And I, Justin, you've been awesome. I just want you to know, man, that the, the anniversary gift was just an icing on the cake. And I have to share that, that, you know, I, I wasn't expecting any of that. I, in fact, I was asking, Will, how did you even know that, you know, it was our anniversary? So I thought that was just a beautiful sentiment. But it told me, it, it's always reinforced what you are as a person, right? You're just a good man. And that's how I describe you. And, and you're a good business person second, but you're just a good person. And so, any opportunity to be able to interact with you, man, it's been a blessing for me. Wow. You, that, that means a lot, man. I appreciate that a ton. 
Oh, dude, this is uh, we're going to do this again, and everybody's going to find great value in this, my friend. So thank you for your so. gift of time. Thank you, Justin, man. It's been a pleasure. All right, my friend. We'll, we'll link to all your all right, profiles in the show notes. And uh, until then, man, okay. be well. All right. You too, man. Talk soon. Take care.